And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. It's showtime. This is the Bold Nonsense Podcast. We might as well have a good time. Disney. Dynamite drop in money. That broadcast school has really paid off. At Still Smooth Productions. <laughs> oh, big golf, huh? All right. Well, see you later. And the man you know as the smartest idiot in the world. I think cerveza in a can is probably the greatest invention besides yoga pants and Chipotle. At St. Bales. <laughs> on red light means stop thinking get a little senseless with us on 6 3 2021 that is june 3rd of the year 2021 happy summer at wash disney it is basically officially summer especially here at 503 uh this is the bold nonsense podcast on the bnpn this is episode 156 i am at wash disney happiest host on earth you took journalism yeah get out of here Thanks for coming back. Thanks for being here once again. Hopefully, you've been here for multiple times, but if not, welcome in. And uh, I do this every week with the man across the ether. What's up, dude? I have a sexy voice. Champagne, mountain range, hugs. Let's uh, let's let's slow our rolls and not let's not say every week. There's been plenty of weeks where uh, <laughs> I have not been able to make it, but I appreciate the uh, the uh, the love there. When I'm here, I love doing this uh, podcast with you, sir. And what I do is I bring you on this date. Um, on this date, June third, back what is it? Two years ago, back in 2019. Uh, the or- Oregon State's catcher Adley Rutschman is the first pick by the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, I picked this as our on this date just because that was a fun um, College World Series to watch. That was a fun um, Oregon State team to root for. A lot of good guys uh, coming out of that uh, that class. Um, what I wanted to ask you was who was your favorite beaver from that roster? Um, I liked Adley Rutschman. Um, I also liked Nick Madrigal. Yeah. Um, it was probably Rutschman since he caught. That was your, that's your MO. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so that's kind of my thing. So it was probably him, and I just loved his swing. Like, it was, it was more of a classic swing. He was a switch hitter. In both sides, he had really good hands, and it was classic. And he wasn't trying to hit for power, um, but he could. So he would hit for both average and power. And I remember the first thing that I said uh, when he got drafted was, the pros will probably ruin him because they'll try and get him to elevate the ball more. They'll try and make him just a classic power hitter. 
instead of just being a good hitter. Uh, and that's kind of when you know uh, pro sport is in trouble, is when good players in college can't have success in the pros in the thing that they're doing. Um, so that generally, that was kind of a bummer, but I did love that team. That was like, that was one of Pat Riley's last teams. It was, I, I was down in Sun River with the family and mm. on vacation during that. And we spent days just watching that instead of like doing stuff on Being vacation outside. in Sun River. <laughs> so yeah, it was a good time. No, that's awesome. Um, and to, to your point, like, that's kind of, I mean, I've never been a huge baseball nut. I think that's well known. Nothing against it, but it's just not maybe my favorite sport. But that's just kind of where, you know, everyone's saying baseball's going. Uh, you, you, and it's a numbers game, right? You swing for the fences. Um, a lot more strikeouts because of it, but a lot more home runs as well. But as we've seen this year, it can lead to some weird things. Uh, lots of... Uh, um, lots of uh, uh, batting percentages have been fall- have been falling. We've seen a number, uh, quite a few, uh, no hitters. So just kind of some side effects of just the change, the complete change um, of uh, the sport, which I think is kind of interesting. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember you. I remember you saying that, um, and hopefully, uh, Mr. Rutschman can uh, can come back. Another issue with baseball is the fact that we haven't seen him play in the pros yet because uh, too many 35-year-olds are having their one season in the sun and will (laughs) completely fade away next season. And then um, he'll eventually get to the pros in like 2035. So, there we go. Fun stuff for baseball. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> let's get some stuff. Maybe it's maybe it's sports related. Maybe it's not sports related. But we gotta get it off our chest. It's random thoughts. Don't worry. I'm not gonna do what everyone thinks I'm gonna do. Flip out, man. No, I'm saying. Well, I'm awake and I speak English, so yeah, I do know what you're saying. I'm in a brainstorm session. I think I just. Yeah. I just had an idea. Isn't that weird? Here we go with random thoughts where uh, we try and get rants, thoughts, just stuff of our chest. You know what it is. Um, we like to create conversations with this. Do you have any for this week? You want to throw anything out there? Not something super random. I just, I'm looking forward to, I don't want to chat with you a little bit about Saturday. Um, for those who don't know, um, our boy, uh, at St. Bales, is getting married and we are going to get uh fitted for our suits uh, on saturday and i've I've never been actually fitted before um i bought a suit have not had it fitted did not look great um (laughs) so i'm excited to to have this experience i feel like i'm gonna feel like a million bucks a nice fitted suit so i've got i i've obviously you know all my other siblings have been married and rental wise that's all I've ever done is rentals Mm -hmm. and this will be a little bit different but so you usually get fitted for that and it is it's kind of an experience and then I like how how is it going to be different when you're getting the suit because we're buying our suits yeah Um, like a nice deal from Bales it's pretty cool from him 
Um, and it's like, I don't, I'm a little, I, I want to like research suit stuff. Mm. I actually tried to, you know, like the, like fast, cause there are different ways that they can cut like the pant leg, right? At like the, the, the shoe or like how far down do you want it to go? Uh, how tight do you want dude. it to taper? So I was You're trying, way ahead of me. I was trying to research these kinds of like styles or whatever uh, a couple weeks ago to see like okay this is how I want it how to use the lingo with with uh, the tailor or whatever. <laughs> it's really hard to find that kind of stuff. Like it doesn't. There's no place where it just lists like these are the different styles you can choose from generally. So it's gonna be a lot of like. Okay, how, what do I do here? Like, how can I do it here? Because uh, people cut it different. People like a different cut. Dude, <laughs> so I'm looking at Men's Warehouse website right now, and you're totally right. There's first, first off, there's four standard cuts. Classic fit, modern fit, slim fit, and extremely sim- slim fit. And I'm looking at these, uh, the pictures of all of them, and they look the exact same. Maybe the classic is a little bit, Big year, but like, dude, you can't tell any difference between the modern and all the way to the extreme slim fit. Hmm. There needs to. Here, here's my two cents. I want it to. I like my pants a little tighter, my legs, and maybe around the um, the ankles a little bit tighter. You need to be able to move though. You need to be able to to shake it on the dance floor. Yeah. There, your suit cannot inhibit. You don't want you don't want any tears, no tear outs. Yes, you know, no tear, no blowouts. Can't be no blowing blowouts. out the butt of, of your pants on, on the dance yeah. floor. That would be embarrassing, huh? huh. So, so yeah, um, there, it's gonna be some. We're gonna we're, we're gonna have to talk to them a little bit and be like, okay, what can I do here? What are my options here? I like it, and let them know, like, like, look, you're dealing with a couple of idiots. Couple of couple census members, a couple, couple, of, couple census. of census leaders. Absolutely, yeah. We might lead a cult, but it's senseless, yeah. so we don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, um, maybe we can pitch. Maybe we can pitch him a spot on the BNPN for a nice little deal or something. I don't know. That's I don't know if we want to sell little, out yet. I don't little, know if it's too early to sell out. Do we? Do we get a promo code? I mean, we're no <laughs> ads on this show, but it's not like we're opposed to them. Yeah, yeah. We just don't work hard enough to get me. (laughs) Exactly. That's senseless. That's what I'm talking about. I love it. We're also going to, like, shoes is a big thing. Got to match the shoes. And I don't know how I'm going to do that. Definitely won't be a men's warehouse because I'm not a big fan of highway robbery. But it'll be very interesting. So Saturday, we're going to do some sophisticated shit. And it'll be one of the first times we've done it for real. Yeah, it'll be cool doing it together. Yeah, it'll be, it, it will yeah. be. It'll be. It'll be a good time. Yeah. Um, so something that I had was something I was thinking about. Um, I don't know if I've talked about it with you or I've talked about it on here, but something that it's like a question that's been bothering me for a while now, and it's like, uh, who decides what's cool and what's not cool on the internet? on social media now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, some people who have gotten assassinated. Nickelback. Mm-hmm. Friends. Uh, the yeah. Big Bang Theory was one. 
Um, and obviously, and I don't know, I'm talking about the people who deserve to get assassinated. I'm talking about the people who catch strays for zero reason. Like, those yep. things. And, and, you know, maybe people don't like them. Maybe they run their course. Or maybe they're just, like, they get older. Whatever. Fine. But uh, Coldplay was one of them. Although that kind of had, that kind of came from the four-year-old virgin, I think. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like, so who yes. decided... That this isn't cool anymore, and now the whole run on like, oh, it's not cool to like that thing anymore t- starts. Do you know what I'm saying? I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with that reference to Coldplay. It's a, uh, it's almost like there's like a witty reference in some pop culture movie or song or whatnot that is just like, oh, that landed so perfectly that. It almost becomes then a joke with your buddies. Then it evolves to like, okay, now I'm nervous to listen to Nickelback or whatnot, or you know, I can't, I definitely can't play it, you know, while we're while I'm driving with my friends or whatnot. And then, yeah. then it just all of a sudden now Nickelback is, you know, a meme or something like that. Yeah, I think it's kind of, I think it kind of evolves like that. Yeah, but because there are sometimes where it just happens out of nowhere. Yeah. And, like, I didn't watch The Big Bang Theory or anything, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's over now. But um, I just felt like one day everyone hated it. And I was like, (laughs) wait, I thought this was a very popular show. Like, not that everybody watched it, but it was on for a long time. It seemed Mm -hmm. to be successful. But then, Mm -hmm. in one day, everyone hated it. Yep. And I was like, what? Who decided who was the czar? That's uh, what I want to know. Dude, I don't even... Dude. I need someone to name names on the decision maker so that I can say, who are you? Or say, okay, you seem to have an idea what's going on here. I, you say you want to meet them or you want to know them. I don't, dude. I feel like the internet is just a... <clears throat> I, we're not even that old yet. We're not even thirty. We're, we've been saying that we're we're thirty for a while, but I've been done with the internet and with Facebook and with you know I'm getting off of trip. Instagram still pulling me back, but I I go on streaks of getting off of Instagram. The internet is just a nasty place, dude. Like there's just trolls everywhere, you know. So yeah. people who have nothing more who have nothing better to do. They decide that they don't like the Big Bang Theory anymore, so now we all can enjoy it. You got a point there. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. And yeah, maybe I'm over maybe I'm overthinking it, but it's something that has been stuck in my head for a while. So let me ask you this. And why don't we become the podcast that officially stands up for all those fallen because of the internet trolls? What if we were to revive one artist one show one individual that has been that has caught astray as you said earlier <laughs> mm. uh who would you who would you like to revive so who was unfairly put down <laughs> i think they all were yeah <laughs> that, that's the thing if i could, it would be like a it would be four in a row <laughs> clear yeah. uh, it'd be all of those because so I think probably the most legitimate, well, the most legitimate of the four that I said uh, is probably Friends. 
I mean, that that yeah. was like the thing in the the late '90s, early 2000s. It was huge. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah. one of the best TV shows. Like you can't argue objectively of all time, just in terms of sheer size, popularity, yeah. as it was going. So I think that one. Um, you know, people just some people decided they hated hated it, but everybody was still watching it. Yeah, um, exactly. Numbers don't lie. Yeah, and I think all of them are the same thing. So all of them kind of fall into that category of like, yeah, uh, we will. And you kind of mentioned it. It's like I'm not gonna play it when my friends are around, <laughs> but I'm still listening. Late night Netflix. I'm watching Friends. <laughs> yeah, and I think Coldplay kind of was in that category of like. Uh, it kind of got it, and that was a little different because it was mostly just jokes, and it came from that certain joke, like from Forty Year Old Virgin or whatever. Um, but people who knew music were still like, "No, they're actually good. They're good people. They donate money, you and, know? They, and they make and they make good music. Like people yeah, who yeah. knew music liked the music. People who didn't know music as much and just thought it was funny were like, yeah. oh, you can't listen to Coldplay anymore.'" Uh, yeah. That's out of here, but it it actually wasn't. It never actually was. But I would revive all of them and just tell people like, go for it. Who gives a shit? Be you, man. Yeah. Like what you like, and uh, give two of the two yeah, of the, the suggestion. Yeah, the birds to uh, everybody else. Here's a here's a here's a hawk. Here's a cardinal. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Good little talk there. Uh, good reviving. Um, good good stuff. I like that. I like that. Random thoughts. Let's get to trivia. 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 <laughs> trivia, baby. Oh. <laughs> Welcome back to Jeopardy. Gonna make that your final answer. I think you're pretty smart, don't you, Trebek? This is trivia. Last week's trivia question read like this: How many golfers have won at least ten majors in their career? One more time, how many golfers have won at least 10 majors in their career? Bonus Three. question, name them, how many? That's yes, name them, name them and how many. There's actually been three. Jack Nicklaus with, with 18, Tiger Woods with 14, and Walter Hagen with 11. Um, I know it's always been the chase to... Uh, the chase to um, Jack. The chase to eighteen, yeah, for yeah. for Tiger. Uh, it's sad that you know. I think I feel pretty comfortable in saying Tiger won't get there now. Um, yeah. Even if he was healthy and that car accident didn't happen, I, dude, Jack Nicholas is just an, <laughs> an incredible golfer. Yeah, eighteen. My favorite clip of him is he's golf. He's like he's an older older guy, clearly like retired and stuff. And I think they're bringing back some, like, Masters champions or whatever, and they're playing. So he's playing with guys who are very good at golf, had great careers. And this one guy, they're, you know, it's it's a full one side of the green to the other side of the green putt that this guy's looking at. And he's taking forever, and Jack's like, just hit it. And the guy's like, why don't you come hit it for me? And Nicholas walks <laughs> over, he looks at it for about three seconds, hits it, drains it. And then just walks off. And the other guy who was looking at it, who was like a very good golfer, uh, as he's walking away, just goes, "I hate you." 
like, and boom goes the dynamite. Dude, that's that's how so that's the difference between like the all-time greats, Jack Tiger, and the people who had good, really good careers. Yeah, is dude, just trust it and hit it is what he was saying. Like, make a read, trust it, hit it, and the guy, the guy wouldn't do it. That's the difference. Exactly. Very interesting. All right, this week's question goes like this: Which coach? has the highest career win-loss percentage for men's college basketball. Hmm. Pretty topical. Might, might guess what we might talk about in a little bit or why we had this question. One more time. Which coach has the highest career win-loss percentage for men's college basketball? Find out on 157 while we head to the news. I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is the fucking news. News, 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 news. We're news too. Only news told much later. See the game last night? Which game? Any of them. Passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Fantastic. I am so sorry. Someone put the story in all capital letters, and I, I thought I was supposed to yell it. Not a lot of news um, in terms of like multiple stories, but decent amount to talk about. So let's get into it, starting in the NBA, where we've got the, the Celtics kind of rearranging their front office, I guess you would yeah. say. Although it's not all of it, it's just major pieces of it. Um, so Danny Ainge decides to quote-unquote retire basically he's stepping down probably um, talked about it with the Celtics I guess he's been thinking about this for a long time for like years now mm. um, and the talk around it is that people don't really believe he's retired like he's not going to do this again mostly that he's just kind of done with the Celtics the Celtics probably felt maybe felt the same way um, but that he wouldn't necessarily say no to another team yeah. And taking that same role. So, who replaces him? It's Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens moves from head coach to um I'm gonna I'm gonna probably screw up the the actual title. Um President of Basketball Operations. Okay, got it, nailed it. Uh and he will then head up the search for his replacement at coach. So uh, kind of an interesting way to do this here. I uh, I love Brad Stevens going into the president uh, role, and I think you know, hats off to Danny Ainge for um, hiring two successful, very successful um, coaches in his tenure. I, I think he's only hired two. Danny Ainge and Doc Rivers both had great careers in Boston. Um, the putting on my Portland uh, cap, uh, kind of an interesting time though. Obviously, uh, Terry Stotts is on the hot seat. Um, he may be le- departing the team or being forced to depart the team this year, which would leave a coaching vacancy. Uh, many believe that uh, uh, GM bro Neil O'Shea is also on the hot seat. So, um, you know, you know, either I'm getting a prayers up uh, from uh, <laughs> from uh, at Walsh Disney, but take that as you may. 
Um, I've heard speculations like what would Danny Ainge come to Portland to fill that role? Um, I know that's a big ask, you know, to change coasts, to uproot yourself from the East Coast and come all the way over to the West Coast. But is he up for the challenge? I don't know. But then also, if that were to happen, then let Danny Ainge, who has a more successful um, track record with hires, select your um, head coach. Also, with the head coach in vacancy being open in both uh, uh, Boston and presumably Portland, it kind of just sucks, again, for a small market team to almost play second fiddle, like... I was, I was looking at uh, the short list of um, potential candidates for uh, head, co- head coaching roles in both Boston and Portland, and there are many of the same names on those lists, you know, so I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, you know, if, if Boston and Portland offer a job to an individual, most likely Boston's going to, uh, you know, get the, get the nod there, so that's just a little frustrating, that's my yeah. two cents, um, yeah. I do love that idea because I do. I think somebody who could sway that is Danny Ainge. Like if Ainge mm. was here, mm. took that role, and then now you're weighing Boston with what it's got and Portland with what it's got and Danny Ainge. I think that is a boon for Dan, like for Portland to have Danny Ainge there. So I do like that a lot, um, and it's somebody who's proven that he can do. He maximizes assets, regardless of what they are, and thinks outside the box to not only get them, but use them. Um, mm. And I think that's kind of what what Portland needs. I mean, we've got a lot of fans who talk, I think, too often about the size of our market, and we worry about all that, um, and kind of use it as an excuse sometimes. Sometimes it's a reason, sometimes it's an excuse. Um but with somebody like Danny Ainge, I think he could kind of turn the tides in that regard. I would love that. Uh, obviously, now I'm thinking about that way too much. Because yeah. <laughs> I do love that because it would be Olshay getting out of town. Uh, that story is tired. I mean, if you're a senseless member, have listened to this show for more than like <laughs> a month, then you know how I feel about Olshay. Um, and... I never want to say, like, I, hey, somebody get fired, but, like, you know, it's also not my like job to keep people's jobs. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, yeah, do your you job know, and your job is safe. But. Absolutely. Uh, I was calling for Terry Stotts. I was, I years ago, I, I remember one of our first episodes, in our first ten episodes, me, you, and Bales were having a very heated conversation, and it was me saying, Stotts isn't doing well enough. And you two not liking it, and I was like, "Get them both out of town." And you guys were like, "Who would they were? Who would they replace them with?" That was that was years ago. That was like two seasons ago. Yeah. So, so you know, I wouldn't mind it, but yeah, uh, very interesting for the Celtics. I do love the Brad Stevens thing, like keeping him in. I think he's perfect for that role. Very intellectual guy who can see the big picture. I think he. I think he's always seen the big picture. Um, communicates effectively and just like is a basketball guy so I think he's perfect for that and I I like it for pretty much everybody involved Mm. 
Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Let's talk some uh, NBA playoff updates. Uh, we do know it's still ongoing. I know we tend to kind of fall into the trap of talking about what's happened and not what's going to happen very soon. Uh, AKA the Blazers are playing right now uh, to keep their season going. So let's start with things that are over. Then we'll get to things that could be over uh, as early as tonight. We're recording on Thursday. I mean, I know we generally don't talk about that. We are recording on Thursday, so we'll talk from that perspective and maybe um, project forward both ways. Both both ways. So, let's start with things that are done. Uh, In the East, the 76ers are done with the, the... with Washington, uh, they won that four to one. Um, bad news with Embiid potentially having to work through a knee injury. Can he play? Can he not? We'll figure that out. Um, they they went at four one. Not a hard series really for them. It was really never in doubt. Um, they'll play. Speaking of another series that's done. The Hawks, they'll play the five-seed Hawks, who beat the four-seed Knicks, um, who, if we're being honest, were probably higher-seeded than they should have been. Yeah, I think that was the case. Yeah, so uh, that was Atlanta winning that 4-1. to one. I think it's a case of like a team that plays really hard in the regular season and a regular season that tends not to matter all that much. But now we've got Philly and Atlanta. That'll come, uh, what? Starting, Philly, starting second Sunday. Round. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday, 10 a.m. Woo. Morning so that, game. That'll be an interesting series, although really the, the question comes from Embiid because it's like if Embiid plays, I don't think the Hawks have that much of a chance with the mix of Psy, uh, of size and athleticism that the 76ers have. But no Embiid, that turns it, I think that turns it into Atlanta's favor. It's kind of the exact same thing that the Lakers, I mean, I'm not going to jump ahead too much, but kind of the, the story of the Lakers' uh, Suns matchup, right? AD, not healthy, big man, not healthy. Um, now that takes away an advantage for the 76ers. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. But what it was it a lateral menis lateral meniscus tear or something? Like, was that it? I think it's, it was some. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I know. I heard meniscus, but I don't know exactly what it was. Um, yeah. To me, the Hawks are just so guard oriented, and they play so much that's that smaller ball that it's hard to adjust when there's an Embiid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the Knicks didn't even don't even play a big style, so they haven't played that way yet. Um, I think that would be the 76ers' advantage, but obviously we'll see how that goes. Um, speaking of things that got tired quick was me talking about how Milwaukee might not pull it out. <laughs> that got tired pretty quickly. They show I think, but I I think still think that was a legitimate conversation that we had with who Miami has been, who Milwaukee has been. But they did went ahead and closed it. They want they swept the Heat. They'll move on and play Brooklyn. That'll be a massive 
series. Brooklyn beat Boston 4-1 in their series. So Milwaukee-Brooklyn series. Um, what do you what do you feel like? Just an initial thoughts there. Uh, Brooklyn's scary. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but one of my favorite quotes from that uh, Bucks Heat um, series was after the Bucks ended up sweeping the Heat, and Giannis said something about how he, uh, from an early age, he wasn't taught to uh, play with his food. He was just taught to eat it in reference to not playing around and dropping games. He just wanted to finish the heat, get the rest. And it's kind of a shot at, at Brooklyn, right? Like Brooklyn was screwing around. They dropped one game to Boston, even though they, um, you know, they're going to, they're going to be fine. Or Brooklyn ended up winning that series, but it was just, it was, it was a, the first shot across the bow, you know, you could see Giannis just, you know, he, he wants, he's, he's ready for the series. And I think it's going to be a fun one. So many stars, uh, in that series, uh, I don't like a single one of them uh, on Brooklyn, but uh, yeah, <laughs> well, it'll be a fun one to watch. Uh, agreed, and it'll be a real thing of like star power versus um, team chemistry because uh, the Bucks have been together a while, have the same kind of stars that have been there for for a little bit now, and uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Let's move to the Western Conference where Utah's done with Memphis. They went at four to one. Uh, Memphis put up a really good fight, but Utah just, they're number one seed for a reason. Yep. Um, it's going to be fun to see Ja grow up, man. <laughs> He's going to be a, a fun star in this league. Um, and it's not going to be an annoying, I, I don't know. I don't want to actually say. He's going to be, He's. he seems like a teammate that others enjoy playing with, and I like watching that kind of basketball, so... Uh, don't really have too many takes from the Jazz Grizzlies series, but yeah. I'm just excited to see Jaw in the future. Yeah, uh, Jaw in the future. How about Luca right now? <laughs> yeah, no both, kidding. Both extremely interesting. Get the that's what we've got right now. Um, the rest of this series uh, will be finishing very soon. So uh, we've got the Clippers and the Mavs. Dallas leads at 3-2. They'll play their next game tomorrow. So before you... Uh, yeah, that game will be done before you hear this. Mm-hmm. This will come out Saturday. Um, Series-wise so far, it just seems like it's... Everything's going through Luka, and he's such a distributor, but he's so dangerous scoring-wise, too that you can't really lock on to anything. Uh, mm. And that's what I really like. Just, I really just really like the, the Dallas offense especially. You know, That's the name of the game um, at this point. But their offense, just the way it's designed with the help around him. But the there's so much movement, and it all starts around him. It's like... Um, He's the sun, and everybody's orbiting around him, but he distributes the heat very well. Hey, <laughs> and, well uh, done, sir. Yeah, that, well that's, that's kind of how I view it, so it's very fun. And the Clippers just, uh, they all seem to be looking at each other like, what the hell's going on? So, mm-hmm. looking for answers, and that's you saw that's Rondo. You saw Rondo after uh, Kawhi threw up that shot with, what, still plenty of time. Yeah. Still plenty of time on the clock. 
Uh, Rondo's just like, what the F, dude? <laughs> you know, yeah. not a look at somebody else. He tried to pull off another one of those corner threes in Toronto for the <laughs> for the win, but yeah. uh, went poorly. And that's what I think it is right now at the Clippers. They just, like, they don't really know each other. It, it seems like, I know I'm talking about, you know, personally, but, but basketball-wise, like, what do I do here? What should I do here? What do we want from this? Not just coach to team, but teammate to teammate. What mm-hmm. do we want in these situations? And Kawhi's trying to make a play, but everybody else might be thinking something different. And that's mm-hmm. that seems what, to me what the difference is in that series is. Um, let's get to, like we said, the, the team playing right now, which is uh, our Blazer, well, my Blazers, your... <laughs> your hometown team, I guess, but not the team you root for. Um, they're playing in Denver. Denver leads at 3-2. We just, obviously everybody's heard about Dame Lillard's last game, game uh, game four in the loss, putting up a his, historic numbers and not being enough. And that's just kind of what Portland is. It's, uh, it's what Portland is, and I listening to the radio the other day, and they, I think they said it best. I think uh, that loss um, could have solidified um, CJ's trade and solidified uh, Neil O'Shea's um, exit. You know, I think that was enough to finally say, hey, what, like, this is not working. How many times have we had to, like, you know, read, see the same story over and over and over and over? Yeah. CJ is not enough. You know, no. he's not enough. He's not a, a valid number two. He's too too alike your star, too much alike your star. Yeah. And and I'm gonna say it like too inconsistent, not showing up enough in the in the bigger moments to support a man who had a historic night, a historic fifty, ten and whatever night, shooting at a crazy clip, you know, like super efficient, and you guys still can't pull it off. I think I think Dame accounted for eighty or something like that 84 86 points between him scoring and his assists of yeah. that game five like that's insane bro <laughs> and this is this is what I was talking about last week is that no one I feel like I'm in Groundhog day and this because <laughs> this exact game this exact storyline could have been five years ago. This could have been. It's the same thing we're talking about. We're still talking about it five years later, and and everybody wants to give the optimistic like, oh, well, the roster is different. The roster's not different. The roster's <laughs> the exact damn same. It's just different yeah. names. It's the same fucking people. Dame's yeah. still doing the same shit. Nothing's changed from coaching standpoint. It's just like, hey, Dame, can you possibly score more efficiently? Oh yeah. wait. Uh, I feel like last year he put up one of these incredible games in a loss where it's like, well, he shot 60%, and then Terry Sausage is like, oh, that wasn't good enough. Can you possibly shoot 75? Yeah, Yeah. again, we still freaking lost. Like, he's going to have to shoot 100% from the field, never miss, never have a turnover, never do anything wrong. That that is where it's going to. It's like it's just it's never enough, and we always ask more. We never give him anything more, mm-hmm. and it's it's just never been good enough. And this is what I've been saying for freaking years, and nothing's ever changed. Here it is. It's finally coming to a head where you put up in a his a 
like hands down, no doubt about it, historic performance. That's what it took for everybody to realize this the the front office, the coaching staff, the roster not good enough. And the only reason it's taking this long is because it's Portland. And that's what worries me is and, and kind of pisses me off is the storyline when something like this happens isn't just that the, the coaching isn't good enough, the front office isn't good enough, because people don't even know who's in the front office. Like, the, the you know, the, I'm talking about the big basketball, you know, talking heads, media, people, yeah. like the pundits or whatever. They don't know whose fault it is. They don't realize this is O'Shea's fault. They just say, well, the front office probably isn't doing what they should be doing well enough because he's not getting supported. They're not going full in because they're not focused on the Blazers. They're only focused on Damian Lillard. And now it's not just a, uh, like I was listening to Stephen A. today. And he said, it's not just the front office. He didn't even know whose name the front office was. And this is what I'm yeah. talking about. He said, it's probably Terry Stott's fault as well. It's the supporting cast. And then he said, and this is what the part that pisses me off, and it's the market. It's the market's fault. And it's not the market. It's not the market. It's, it's, and that's what I'm kind, of, I'm kind of connecting dots between the Danny Ainge thing, this story, yeah. and everything else. And all of that gets me all riled up about the Blazers <laughs> and why I'm so sick of all these mediocre-ass fans saying, well, you know, we make, keep making the playoffs. Yeah, cool, we keep making the playoffs. We're the, NFL, <laughs> we're the NBA's Vikings. That's what we are. Good stuff. Not good enough. Yeah. Not good enough. Okay. Uh, let's move on before more yelling ensues. Um, another huge, huge series. We've got a huge game tonight. Uh, the Phoenix Suns and the Lakers. The Phoenix Suns lead at 3-2. to two. They play at 7.30 tonight. So, um, as you know, we're going to be talking about this as if the game hasn't happened. You know what will happen. So, we'll try and project forward. Uh, and in terms of projecting forward, I don't think... I think Denver ends the series tonight. And if not, and if not tonight... Going back to the Portland series, obviously, if they don't do it tonight, they'll do it the next game. I think Portland's cooked. Because Dame only has so much. The batteries will run out at some point. Um, you know, he can put a Duracell in that watch, but it can't run forever and ever. So, that's what uh, I'm I, I think Portland's going to pull it out tonight, but I do think, like you said, it's delaying the inevitable. <clears throat> and that's mostly what I mean, is this series is yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so back to the Lakers-Phoenix series. Um, how do you feel? Series series done? Do you think, the, you know, let's project it forward a little bit. Uh, I, I'm not too invested in this, obviously, but uh, my, obviously, you know, census member and current roommate, uh, my brother, is a big Laker fan, and just his whole demeanor kind of says it all I think LA is a two point favorite I don't know how um, but with with Anthony Davis is such a great talent yes it takes a little bit to motivate him sometimes and that's the problem you know when he's motivated to play he'll show up and play and be great but I don't he doesn't have that switch 
on all the time. And then part two of the issue with him is he's just he's just prone to these injuries. And especially with this injury being a groin, like I think he's technically I don't know if he's been ruled out for sure or not right now, but even if he's playing like that's just a that's just a decoy. You know, with a groin injury like that's you can't play significant min- minutes at a level that is required to do significant um, to make a significant contribution. I think this one I think this one ends tonight. Yeah, so for me, I think LeBron's going to come out and he's going to come out hot and aggressive and try and keep it. So what I would look at is the first quarter, quarter and a half, what are the what's the rest of the team shooting? And what I would say is if it's not 63% and above, I think it's over. Yeah. Because if if they're not LeBron only has so much and I think this is one of those years where LeBron is prone and has a tendency to understand what his team is and call it quits if it's not good enough. If the team, yeah. you know, we've seen it before. If the team lets him down a little bit, and you can say it that way, or you can say if the roster that he wanted around him ends up not being good enough because things don't go perfectly according to plan then he gets a little pouty and that Mm -hmm. will happen so I think they need to shoot lights out for LeBron to say we've got a shot if they don't shoot lights out and I'm talking about the rest of the roster not LeBron if they don't he'll say these guys let me down it's over yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah. And I'm not necessarily saying like, oh, LeBron's you know a little little baby about it. I think his IQ is really high, and he just kind of understands the situation. Then he is kind of a pouty baby about it at times. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, he plays in the NBA. What could you expect? Uh, exactly. So, I I think that's how we see it. I also agree. Series is over. Don't necessarily know about tonight because we also have the Chris Paul injury. Like, what's that going to be? So it kind of depends on the injuries, but I think the series is over. Yes. I won't go game to game. Okay, there it is. So we think Phoenix moves on, Denver moves on, uh, Dallas moves on? I'm gonna, I want them to move on, I'll say that. And I think they do. So uh, we'll be there. Um, very interesting as uh, the playoffs, the NBA playoffs, roll on. Okay, so... Let's get to some college stuff, some stuff that we kind of teased a little bit earlier, although uh, we didn't specifically say it, and that's in college basketball with Coach K uh, announcing that this will be his last year, um, and that assistant head coach, is that what his his title is? I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Shire will will take over for, for the program, so... Um, Coach K, I mean, what more can you say? <laughs> like, well, I don't even, I don't even know where, to, where do, would you even start? He's in like four Hall of Fames. Dude, it's, it's, uh, yeah, no, you. And that's the thing, like, so, so we started this, we jumped on the FaceTime, getting ready to go, and you said, hey, Coach K, like, how do you, how are you feeling? And that's kind of how it is. Like it's uh, 
I kind of felt it coming. I, I didn't, I'm not, it didn't surprise me. I think I told you uh, off pod that when I got the ESPN alert, I didn't even read the whole thing. All I read was yeah. Coach K and it was kind of like, yeah, I know what this is. Like I know what this alert is and it doesn't surprise me. Um, seen it coming for a while now. Um, and it, but it'll still suck. It'll still suck uh, because he's, for my money, he's the best college basketball coach of all time. Um, and I know Wooden's out there, and I'll give Wooden a close second. But I think if you truly look at the modern era, you can't say that this era wasn't harder to coach in than the Wooden era. Um, and and while I, I, it's not like I'm out here saying Wooden wouldn't be able to coach today. I think he'd still be a great coach. I think he'd still have a lot of success. Um, but I think in dealing with everything, all the change, how fast the change happened um, in culture, in technology, in players, Coach K couldn't have handled it any better. And he did it while having success in all of these eras. So for me, that's just like, he's the guy, um, and he's a standard. But that, that, I mean, that's great. That's a great way to put it. It's no matter if you're a dookie, uh, if no matter who you root for, it's, um, it's bitter. It's, it's bitter. The news is bitter. It's, uh, kind of, the same thing with um, when you lose any sort of legend, and I stress legend. It's it's so hard, even at established programs. And you're talking about blue bloods, Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, UCLA. That you know, you mentioned John Wooden. You know, there's no guarantee for success with the next coach. You know, look how long it it took UCLA to to make it back this far. Um, Kentucky still very streaky. Um, North Carolina, um, they're going to have their own woes, you know, with uh, with their new head coach. Um, it's it's a sad day for basketball, you know, because yeah. Matt, he's he is he's a legend, and I like the way you put it. He's the standard, you know. So it's something to look up to. It's something to remember. It's something to appreciate and reflect on. But um, yeah, and, and, and another thing, you know, that we didn't even really talk about the 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 future of USA basketball. What is that? Where does that leave USA basketball? You know. Yeah, um, I mean, he had been kind of a part of it, but he started to wean himself off that as well, and that's kind mm-hmm. of when you when I knew it was like, okay, this would probably be step one, you know, and then it's not long after that will be he's done. He's done coaching. So, um, that I think we've got Popovich involved there, Grant Hills taking over there in USA basketball, so in good hands still. Uh, and then everybody wants to talk about Shire and, and you know, where is the program gonna go after this and how could you possibly su- sustain success? And that really doesn't worry me all that much. And I that might be being way optimistic. But maybe if you look at Shire's playing career and then his coaching career 
and we were kind of talking about that as well, but even in the playing career, he was the captain. He was the guy on the floor. He was the, the leader, and he was the gravitational pull of the championship team. So I think he understands it from both sides, and he's young. I think he's like 33 right now. So he still, he still remembers what it was like to be a player, but his dream was always to be a coach. So he's been, even when he was playing, it was like, I kind of know what I am and where that, you know, NBA is probably not for me. Uh, I'll try. I'll give it to college to try and maybe play overseas. But, like, that's not what I am. Um, so even as a player, when he was leading, you know, the nation and, and winning national titles and being a really good player, it was he was learning how to be a coach. And then he quickly became a coach. And, and I was telling you, Coach K's got a rule with his assistant coaches. If you don't want to be a head coach in your career, if this, if, if head coaching isn't what you want to do, he won't hire you as an assistant because he's not interested in that. Yeah. Um, and then we were also talking about in the past few years, starting with Capel, who moved on, and then with Shire, uh, Coach K wasn't doing the play-to-play coaching. He wasn't. He had the, the overall say, and he still handled timeouts. But he wasn't even the lead chair during games. Shire was. He, mm. he sat closest, uh, and then Coach K was in the second chair. And he would still do most of the head coaching, but it was kind of a partnership uh, in handling the games. And Shire was a huge part in that, and he was a huge part in recruiting. So the day-to-day with Shire, I'm not worried about, and I think people have talked about it. Like It's going to be the getting the next coaches. Yeah. Like the, the you know, who, who are my assistants going to be and how do I hold on to them? And who's the guy who's going to handle my recruiting? Yeah. yeah. That kind of stuff is it's going to be the hard stuff, but I trust. I mean, it's still Duke. It's still Duke. Yeah. So they might, they might fall off a little bit. They might fall down to, to a North Carolina level. They might fall off to there. Mm-hmm. But that's not a huge fall. You know, North, no. Carolina, North Carolina did a long time ago, and people still think that they're one of the best programs in the country. If Duke falls to that, if, I'm fine with that. It'll be interesting, my closing note, um, it'll be interesting because that Duke-Carolina rivalry is so close in wins and losses. It will be interesting if one program gets the higher right and one program fails to do so. That you could see you know, a, a runaway for... A couple of years, you know, in um, in wins losses, and really see that uh, rivalry shift. Yeah, that'll be due. They'll run away. Yeah. With it. They'll <laughs> run away with it. It won't be bad. Okay, so that's all the news. So like like we said, um, not a lot of topics, but dense topics. So we got through that. Now we want to hit recess to really end the show. Let's do it. Played them ten times, they might win nine, but not this game. This is your time. Oh boy, is this great! Welcome to the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. We've got a uh, a new game, a new me creation. <laughs> I guess you could call it. Um, we call this one the sick chart, 
So I don't know when the last time y'all went to the doctor was, <laughs> but uh, they've got this chart. It goes from zero to ten. Zero being uh, a nice smiley face, ten being a very hard frowny face with some tears. And it goes from no pain to um, kind of this unimaginable, unspeakable pain, sickness kind of thing. So, uh, there are varying degrees within. We've got that chart in front of us. And I've come up with uh, some topics, storylines, whatever, what have you. We are going to give this the topic, the storyline, we'll give you... Uh, how sick we are of that storyline, um, and then discuss it a little bit. Kind of give a, a why we're so sick of it. So, in no particular order, uh, let's start with an easy one. Start. Let's start easy. The Aaron Rodgers saga. So uh, give geez. give your number. Give what that you know what that is. What that number has, and then what. Uh, I'm going to give a number eight, utterly horrible, um, high on the scale, but um, the only reason being I've heard, I'm just, I don't want to hear anything. I don't care for Aaron Rodgers. If he retires, he retires. Uh, if he plays great, the, like the only, it would be interesting just to see him in another uniform um, just for like S's and G's, you know, like. It would be interesting, but I, dude, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about seeing him on vacation with another couple and seeing his girlfriend or whatnot. I don't care. Like, let the guy live his life. He's obviously not interested in New Green Bay. Move on. No, that's actually that's. I was going for number eight as well. Utterly horrible. That's what I was gonna go with. Um, for most of the same reasons. Like the only reason it's not like nine or ten is because there are little things within this story that don't really pertain to Rodgers, but pertain to the rest of the Packers roster, the front mm. office, how they're kind of approaching it, how they're building it, um, and, like, contract stuff that I'm a nerd about, so that's the only thing, like, I care about. Like, I don't care about Rodgers. Like, mm-hmm. Please retire. I've been wanting you to retire for years, so I have to stop, so I can stop talking about you and your overrated yeah. ass. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm so done with that. But there are other things. That's the only reason I'm not higher. Okay, uh, let's go to um, how about the Nets? The Nets in general. The Brooklyn Nets in general. Mm. Um, not just the team. But, like, okay, so this started out with, the, the topic originally was anything Kyrie says. And then it became the Nets. Mm. So I would start with this one. Um, I'll go with a nine. Excruciating mm. or unbearable <laughs> is, what, is what these idiots are to me. Um, yes, basketball-wise, you're great scorers. But spare me. Spare me. The holier than thou, the the preaching, the uh, not just about you know whatever idiocy they come up with on a day to day basis, but the basketball wise too about how they're redoing the NBA or they're the new model or or yeah. how we can we can just we're the cheat code 
and all this scoring stuff. Like, get out of town and shut up, please. The, there, there's so much going on, and there's so much that can go wrong. Um, that you know, whenever someone says something like that, it's like I always flash back to the LeBron and the um, like the Miami introduction speech, like not one, oh, not two, yeah, not yeah. three. You know, just like okay, let's let's not put the cart before the horse. You know, so um, I do find humor in it, though. It's not annoying to me. I'm going to actually give it a number five. Very distressing. Um, <laughs> Um, I love very distressing. It's very annoying. Um, but uh, I also find a little, it hasn't gotten to that. Um, did you give it a nine or a 10? I gave it a nine. A nine? It hasn't gotten to that unbearable stage yet because um, I do find a little, a little humor in it. Okay. Um, so for me, uh, excuse me, next one that I want to go to is um, bad teams that get anointed as back too quickly. Uh, I will say the Knicks, the Knicks recent oh, series okay. sparked to this, but there's um, also like the Browns, um, the Cardinals, like, it, yeah. you know, uh, in, in the NFL. Uh, baseball doesn't do it as much. Uh, but they they're, they're still prone to you know anointing teams too quickly. Um, sure. But yeah, so so that then I'll give it. It's just a three. It's tolerable still because mm-hmm. um, you know I guess it's okay to talk about. But every time it's always oh we're back we're back we're back uh, we're in the playoffs. But really you're in the playoffs and you're a four seed because you were a try hard. Not because yeah. you are this amazing team, and then you win one game in a playoff series, and I got to hear about Spike Lee every day, which is just like, okay. And maybe it's because it's on the other side of the country, and it's New York, and you guys aren't even that good. And, like, the Blazers would sweep the Knicks. Yeah. And you know how I feel about the Blazers, but it's just because it's New York that I have to hear about it every day. I, I'm full. I'm fully on board with what you are. I'm going to give it a one more uh, bump, and it's a number, I'm going to give it a number four, which is distressing. For all you out there who don't see what I'm looking at right now, this chart in front of me, directly over the number four, it has, so the chart goes from green smiley face to red frowny face. Uh, Distressing is a yellow face, like flat mouth, and the eyes are just looking straight at you, and that's just how I feel, like just like uh, like no, no, no real. Meh. Don't really care about it either way. Yeah, yeah. like a meh, like a meh period. Yeah. Um, I like the I like the story of the Nets. Be, uh, excuse me, Knicks because uh, of Julius Randle and Obi Toppin. Um, I like the um, the pieces of the team because you know there's. Uh, second, third chance players like Derrick Rose, and it's a feel-good story. But, hey, again, let's not get crazy. Um, let's settle down there. Yeah. Okay, uh, a couple more. Let's get uh, – how about the Padres-Dodgers? This has been a huge storyline. They've played, like – I think they're scheduled to play, like, 16 times this year. Um, yeah, it, it's wild. Um, 
But you've got the Dodgers, the, the, the reigning champs, and the Padres, the up-and-comers with Tatis, and, uh, and, and just a very exciting team against the old hat. Very exciting team. Um, I'll give this, in terms of the sick chart, maybe a one. Maybe a very mild at one. Um, yeah. Still kind of got a smirk on my face about it. I, I do really like, I like, I love, I think I said the other day, I'm slowly becoming a Dodgers fan, and, and it's probably not as slow as I'm saying. Uh, you know, Kershaw I've always liked, Mookie Betts we both love. Yes. Um, and I just, you know, my, my family has always been, I, I've got on my mom's side family, I've got a lot of family that's Dodgers fans, and they always have been. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of like this, and I like the up-and-coming, and I like Tatis, and uh, the Padres are, are fun. And even though I don't always love the way baseball is played, and I, I think the Padres are a little bit farther towards the I-don't-like-it stage than the Dodgers are. That's part of the reason I like the Dodgers, is they are willing to hit a single every now and then. Um, and so I, I just think it's good for baseball, and uh, it's good for baseball, so it's good for me. I'm going to give it a, a number zero, a green face, smiling, no pain. Why? Because I need reasons to watch baseball. Uh, I need some excitement. I need some good teams. I need some star, star-studded rosters that I know the names of the players. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so if we can get these matchups, and I see these matchups uh, come across ESPN, whoever's showing them, we talk about it on the Bold Nonsense podcast. It gives me – it. it sparks an interest in me and that's what I need that's what the fringe baseball fan needs to get into the sport agree okay two more let's do uh we kind of already talked about it so I'll make it very quick Blazers supporting cast 10 10 unimaginable unspeakable pain Dude, there's not enough tears on this frowny face to show how much I just hate talking about it. <laughs> we, can, we can leave it there since we just did it. And on this one, um, the connection between golf, golfers, and I will say golfies, guys like us who golf, um, and, and the actual you know professional golfers, and the, the sport itself kind of connecting with guys like us, the average Joes, a little bit more. You know, you hear about, um, or I, I'm not sure you did, the Justin Thomas story yeah. with, uh, I don't know how to say his last name, Michael Visaki uh, yeah. is what I'll go with. Um, kind of a fringe pro, mostly amateur tournament guy uh, in Michael Visaki who earned his way into the last tournament and then Justin Thomas... Uh, got caught cutting him a check to kind of be like, dude, go pursue this. Like, get get after it, and, and I'm I want to help. And so yeah. he gave him some money to so the guy could focus more on trying to do stuff like the Corn Ferry Tour, the Q School, that kind of stuff. And focus more on golf rather than having to pay his bills a little bit more. I love it. Uh, we need more of it. That's again the sport of golf is all too it's a privileged sport you know it it's more expensive and uh yeah i'll just leave it at that it's privileged so 
um, the more you can bring humility into the sport, I think it's good, and just show everybody that you are a human being too, um, and that golfers, you know, have souls. Um, uh, I think it's good. Yeah, like for me, it's a no pain. It's like a full on yeah. zero, which I'm assuming is where you're at, and it's just yep. like. I feel like this generation of golfer, especially with Justin Thomas, who we both have talked about, like he's he's super relatable, seems really funny, um, gets it a little bit more, like is a little bit less distant than the previous generations have been, um, and even Phil's like kind of turned over a new leaf where he's he's kind of the people's champ now, and but he wasn't always that way. And I feel like we've got a lot more of those guys who are willing to interact and, and do things like this to, to kind of understand that I am pretty privileged to just play golf and make the money I'm making. Uh, and basically, I have no money. I Like, I don't know if people realize, like, they don't even buy their own clubs or clothes or shoes or balls. Like, not only are they making all this money, but... The better you get, the less you spend on being good. Like, yeah, you got to pay for your coaching and stuff like that. Um, but, like, the travel is not even as much. So it's all this stuff. So I'm glad we have guys like Justin Thomas who understand that and are trying to help out people too. So I kind of feel like golf is connecting with average Joes a little bit more, and that's awesome to me. Yes. Okay, there it is. That is um that is, that is a game we call the sick chart, and that like is, it. that is episode one fifty six as well. Um, in between episode one fifty six and episode one fifty seven, find us on Twitter at bold underscore nonsense, Instagram at bold dot nonsense, or email us at bold nonsense podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, expect the show on Saturdays. Uh, we record Thursdays or Fridays usually. This week is Thursday. Expect it on Saturdays. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, help us out in any way you can. Other than that, let's say bye to the people. Thank you, Senseless members, for another great week, another great episode. Thank you for your listens. Uh, I'm at Smooth, much uh, at Still Smooth, much love. I'm at Walt Disney. If you love it, love us. Uh, and this is the BMPN. This is Bold Nonsense Podcast. This is your invitation to not be a basic, average-ass Blazers fan and root them on, but still want them to push themselves to win a freaking championship in your lifetime. Right now, it's halftime. They're up by 768-61 over Denver. Uh, And this is your invitation to stay senseless. very little. I hate goodbyes. It's over. Go home. Go.